Hey, sports fans, you're tuned into the Emerald City Fandom Podcast. We're Seattle fans talking Seattle sports. We're your hosts. I'm Connor. I'm Sam. And I'm Justin. You ready to get started? Let's send it! Welcome back to the pod, folks. This is episode 67, and I do declare it is officially duck hunting season. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. I got my shotgun ready to get me some ducks. I will say the duck hunting season has been uh, poor quality for the past 20 years or so. We haven't gotten much uh, in the way of waterfowl uh, when when we've been hunting. Um, so <laughs> I hope that this year treats us better. But nonetheless, this is always one of my favorite weeks that ends up turning into probably one of my worst weeks of the year <laughs> sam justin you guys are both joining me tonight drinking our way through this hopefully you know turning the tide and getting ourselves fired up for this game on saturday i'll welcome in sam first what are you sipping on sir well i've got a couple buckskins coors banquets and then i've got some kirkland's Kirk, kirkland signature scotch whiskey to top it off which is kind of a funny story. I don't know if you guys have ever been to a Costco in Spokane before, but it is a yeah. it is a trip. It is like a social club. You walk in there and people are like looking at the stuff that you have in your cart and using it as an excuse to like have a conversation with you. I put this bottle of scotch whiskey in my cart and I got stopped three times. Wow. In the first half of our trip. And they're like, oh, tell me about that whiskey. Do you like it? And I'm like, well, it's the cheapest one on the rack. <laughs> I don't have a refined palate, but it's a weird experience. And so I've been talking to my family over here and it's like a real thing. People just. So it's not just a one time thing no. that you like this. This happens a lot. This is known to happen. No, Spokane people in Costco, they get to talking. It's like an event. Interesting. Everybody looks forward to it all week. See, I don't know if I would like that because I go to Costco. I'm trying to get in and out as quick as possible. I'm yeah. not trying to have social hour there. West West Side Costco's is all business. Get yeah. in, get out. Don't be standing in the food court line with the big placard signs and then get up to the front and decide what you're going to get. There's a reason right. the menu's on like six foot by six foot posters so you can see it from the back of the line. Get on with it. So anyways getting off tangent but yeah i got some you whiskey got, from you got Costco. scotch <laughs> got it <laughs> justin what are you sipping on good evening fellas um we have to bring a little sophistication tonight when we're going oh, to die okay <laughs> big word academically prowess <laughs> absolutely so uh i have some zinfidel which i don't really know what it is apparently it's a red wine so that's what i'm drinking tonight yeah, it's a sweet yeah. red wine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So eh, it's kind of sweet. Maybe it's just old. I don't know. Where did it come from? Um, that's a great question. Like Trader Joe's or something. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Could be Costco. A business. Uh, you know, straight business Costco, not a you know. Oh yeah. I have never heard. Costco. Speaking of tangents, I have never heard, or I guess seen text messages from someone just like slandering trader joe's as much as justin was this past weekend Mm. this is 
a very important announcement because <laughs> this text started out good stuff. Yeah, it started out exactly how I'd expect. Did not end the way that I thought it was going to. Yeah, so I got, you know, this Trader Joe's has those frozen foods that you can heat up. Like there's the Kung Pao chicken, orange chicken, yeah. samosas, all sorts of stuff. And right? it's like the best frozen foods. The Most best. of it is very good. Yes, no doubt. I tr- I wanted to try the honey walnut shrimp for whatever reason from Trader Joe's. And so I got it. You You bake it, all the things. Literally one of the worst things I've ever had in my life. Worse than one of my friends, Harsha, like baked salmon for like three hours and put guacamole on it and decided it was oh. <laughs> worse than that. It was a love you, Harsha. It was a travesty, just like this nasty shit, like goo. It's like this white Gross. yellow goo that i don't even know it It was disgusting and you cremate the shrimp with it and it's disgusting burned your insides that's why i used the cremate word yeah it's terrible yeah it sounds pretty nasty yeah so that's what i was doing during halftime of the husky and oregon game state game oregon state games excuse Mm -hmm. me and um yeah i had to wash it down with like two beers and three reese's i think well, that sounds a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> At least you ended it on a positive note. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had to, I had to really uh, kick that taste out of my mouth. But good to be with you, fellas. We have, uh, we have two good football teams. Who would have thought? But not me. Who would have thunk it? Not me. <laughs> I mean, I think Look we all us. thought we had one good football team. Yeah, I think we, we Likely. probably I thought mean, we didn't know it was going to be seven and two. They could have easily yeah. been worse a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think. All of us either predicted, you know, six and three or seven and two at this point of the season. But yeah, um, you know, I mean, we've rattled off three straight wins and we're coming off our our best victory of the season for sure against a pretty good Oregon State team. So suck it, Sapardo. Uh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna hear for that one. Yeah. Sure yeah. Friend, of, friend sure of the pod, I, yeah. I'm sure I will. I want to be able to look him into the eye next time I see him. Uh <laughs> He's gonna stop returning my calls. Maybe, yeah. I might. We might have just lost a listener. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> but it was a sloppy and stormy Friday night, and I lost power before the end of the game. I know Justin was saying his power was coming on and off. Uh, Sam, I don't know if you had power issues at all. You're you were east, so I don't think you guys had nearly as much much stormy weather over there. Um, but yeah, very stormy on the west side. The, about as about as windy as we've we've had it over here in the last few years. Um, and this had the Cal game from 2019 written all over it, especially after that first drive. Like they just go right down our throats with the run game, and I'm just like, oh boy, this is gonna be a long, long game. But you know. Credit to the defense. They end up tightening up after that. And I think they allowed like 150 or 170 yards in like the first quarter, but only allowed, didn't allow more than 50 yards in the final three quarters, like each quarter. So they definitely tightened up and the offense made enough plays, even though they struggled as well to pull off a 24 to 21 victory over Oregon State. 23rd ranked Oregon State at the time and the dogs re-enter the polls at number 24 in the AP and number 25 in the college football playoff ranking 
Initial thoughts, guys. Well, uh, Sam, I'll start with you. What was your, I mean, big takeaways from the game and maybe like kind of your moment of the game? How did you feel that the game went compared to how you predicted it to go? Yeah, I mean, I think being reminiscent of the Lightning Cal game is definitely where my head was at, even leading up to the game during the week. Like we knew it was going to be really stormy weather. And then, of course, the game starts off and seems like everything's going Oregon State's way. The power goes out. So there's like 15 yep. minute, 20 minute intermission. It just has like that devastating loss to Cal written all over it. And up until that point, it still had that potential. But I think leading me to my biggest takeaway is just how well we ended the game. Like our mm-hmm. defense came up with the stop. They ended up having to punt the ball, damn good punt, down to like our three-yard line. And I don't remember exactly how much time was left on the clock when we got it back. Four and a half minutes or something? Yeah. About five minutes on our own three-yard line, and we just marched down the field, chew up the clock, kick a field goal, win the game. Like, the whole game, offense has been shaky in some parts, Penix didn't look like he was you know having his best day out there wide receivers having some drops defensively getting ran down their throat for a lot of the game but then at the end when the bread is buttered the defense comes up with the stop and the offense drives the length of the field kicks a game-winning field goal so just being able to fight through that and win the close game, I know is also a trend that we're always looking for, like good teams find a way to win the close ones. And so I think there's a lot of positive things to take away, but that's kind of my biggest, biggest takeaway is just being able to win the game on our terms at home in like very inclement conditions. Justin, what was your main takeaway? Yeah, very similar to yours. I think that the mood of the room necessarily wasn't great going into halftime. You know, it was kind of a slugfest. And then, of course, the pick six right at the end or near the end of the half yeah. down 14-7 right. was like, oh, man, that's, that's the really what gave those Cal vibes. But just yeah. to come out and, you know, obviously it was really the last, I don't know, two and a half quarters, but especially the second half, like Oregon State really couldn't do anything on offense minus one drive that they had in the second half for a touchdown. And given this defense and what we've seen from it most of the year, that, you know, is a very positive development. Now we could say, oh, you know, Oregon State's quarterback is a pile of potatoes and all these things, right? But it's a step up from the defense and there's yep. way, you know, we can only build on that. So that's that's a very positive, you know, offense. I think it was... You know, I, I think there's a lot you can make excuses for, but, you know, I, I think there are better days ahead for the offense. I'm not as concerned. Yeah, for sure. And like Sam said, I mean, to end it on your best drive of the game, really, mm-hmm. I mean, 18 plays, 97 yards, taking the clock down to what, eight seconds, I think there was yeah, right. after he kicked the field goal. I mean, that's I, that's that's the thing that this offense really hadn't done yet. Like they've done everything this this year and then some but they haven't really had like that long drive that just chews a bunch of clock off and then obviously being able to call it a game winner when when Peyton Henry puts it through the uprights as well 
for me, this game really came down to third and fourth down conversions, though. I mean, UW ended up converting 11 and 18. I think they had like three or four third down conversions on that last drive alone. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they also converted one of their two fourth down uh, fourth down conversions, whereas Oregon State was only four of 10 on third down conversions. So the Huskies were able to get off the field, which is something that they haven't been able to do as much this year. Um, and even more important, both times that Oregon State went for it on our side of the field on fourth down, they did not make it. And we came up with with the defensive turnover there. So um, turnover on downs. So what are your thoughts on that decision to go for it both times from Coach Jonathan I think it, Smith? I think it completely had to do with the weather. They were they, I mean, they were really close, though, like they it was wasn't our end of the field it was like basically goal line red zone chip shot yeah territory. i mean yeah oregon state's kicker's not very good too it's really bad and you know you're fourth and two on the first one at our seven yard line i mean you're thinking about you know win probabilities that's, that's all you think about it's not like you know do i have a higher chance of kicking a field goal or making a touchdown because the field goal is the higher chance right especially when you're at the seven. Oh, maybe not because that kicker is so shit but in general <laughs> right um but you have to look at you know what gives me the best chance to win the game and when you're at the seven yard line going for it in that scenario is definitely um so understand the first one for sure the second one fourth and three given you know that's a little more but you know, I kind of both decisions make sense to me, honestly. It's just the execution. Talking about win probabilities, it sounds like the wine is talking for you. Sophisticated football. It no, don't I win mean, you games. You analytical take the points. Football. You no, take I the mean, points. You take the points, and guess what? Who wins? Well, I don't know if the, I mean, Maybe. you could argue that for the first one, but the second one in the, you know, a very windy game, fourth and three on the 15 is what a, you know, that's backed up to at least 21, 22. So that's a 31, 32 yard field goal yeah. for a shit kicker. Who knows? And so yeah. that, you know, I guess that that's the missing factor. component. Cause I remember we were texting during the game and both of you were like, oh, their kicker is awful. Guys hadn't, I've, <laughs> I need to go look at uh, his not highlight tape. Yeah, I mean, I see how the, bad I don't is. remember. I remember it. I sent it during the the game, but his conversion percentages were really bad. But you know, that's a different game. Say they convert those, they get a touchdown on one of them. Say you know they're fourteen up instead of seven. That changes the dynamics of the game. Oh for yeah, sure. big so, time. Big stops from the defense for sure. Uh, yeah. And thank you to Oregon State and their quarterback for not being as good. Yeah, yeah for sure. I think that's kind of the scary thing when you think about it is, mm-hmm. you know, that Oregon state offense is so one dimensional at the moment with Gulbrinson as their quarterback. I mean, yeah, <laughs> there were some open beaver wide receivers out there and uh, they were just missed, but they were open. It's, oh man. the one, It's still uh, an issue. That's Her- not fixed. Perriman <laughs> was, uh, I don't know. He might be the distance between me and you, Sam, from Seattle area to Spokane. He was that far away <laughs> on the field from the receiver. And I can't remember the Oregon state receivers name, but he was so beat, but the quarterback couldn't get it to him. Uh, thankfully, but I, I mean, I don't think we mentioned it or I missed it. Uh, that third, one of the third downs that we converted yes. on our very last drive, a third down pass to uh, much maligned by the staff at the beginning of the season, but Cam Davis laying mm-hmm. out there for a catch and making a 
very, very important first down because the, I think Oregon State still had two or three timeouts left at that time uh, and yeah. a lot more clock and could have could have done was, something to get a field goal. Yeah, over or maybe well not because their kicker pass. sucks again. But they could have made still, you know yeah. way yeah. more and threats than they we were did. out at like the 15, 20 yard line, right? Too. Which is no no gimme in that win. No, right? No. Yeah, that, I thought that was Huge an play. unbelievable catch. I mean, the throw to a running back, I get that he's leading him towards the first down, but yeah, Cam Davis with a hell of a catch on the heels of, you know, I think he's making a case for himself in a pretty significant way to be running back one. because Which he started. He, so. Which he started, and he was definitely the featured running back, I would say, over Talapapa in this game, but just having Talapapa was used more in what I thought he was going to be used for, which was like kind of some goal line situations, some short yardage situations. And he found the end zone yeah. twice. And like that, that's great. Like that's, that's what you want from him. Yeah. You don't want Can't an every catch. down. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want an every down running back. <laughs> yeah. You don't want Wayne Talapapa as your every down running back. Cam Davis fits that mold a lot better. So totally that was, agree. that was good to see that like he kind of, tended to be in that role now this running game still has a lot to be desired though i will say mm-hmm. i mean the fact that in those elements DeBoer and grub are still having Penix drop back and pass 52 times in like a tight game too it's not like they were playing from behind yeah or from crazy behind or anything like that but basically to move the ball they had to pass the ball still in in these elements um which hats tells off the you Penix. a lot I yeah mean- he was accurate and ripping the ball through. Like there was besides the pick six, but yeah, <laughs> I mean the picks. Yeah, but my point is like, you never saw a ball get caught up in the wind or flutter around. Like he no. was, they didn't ripping they it didn't, through the wind. Yeah, and they didn't. To be fair, they didn't go too far. Like they they had a limited like yeah. yardage that they were having him throw down the field. He wasn't gonna throw it more than about fifteen yards downfield, probably no over the top balls and stuff like that. So. I mean, we weren't able to stretch the field like we usually get to on offense. I think if this had been a like this, this weather completely went into Oregon State's favor, right? Yeah. As far as like the way that they play their style of play. So for us to still come out on top, I think is a very, you know, positive thing that we can build momentum on. Not to mention, I mean, Oregon State was ranked for a reason. Like they're a good team. That yes. defense is legit. That running game is legit. That freshman. Yeah. Damian Martinez, he's good. I, that's going to be a Sunday player right there. That kid, that kid is good. And that defensive Stephen Jackson. He's going to say yeah. they're. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Sam. he's good. I was going to say their defensive backfield is probably the best group that we're yeah. going to see all season. Yeah. There's NFL players. Rome still went off for over 100 yards against him. I mean, yeah, and like it, the DBs yeah. gave their best punches, and our wide receivers took some shots on the chin for sure. Mm-hmm. But. uh I think you like the way that they responded, especially on the last drive coming up big. But yeah, that Oregon, I was I was talking to Sapardo and some other folks after the game, and it's just that's a really good Oregon State team, and it feels like they're just a couple key positions away from being like a top fifteen team. Like yeah. their ability to run the ball, their ability to play pass defense is just they're that's a good team. They're just really well coached too. I mean, you can just tell, you know, they're very fundamentally sound in a lot of aspects of the game. So, I mean, I, I respect the Beavers program. I respect Jonathan Smith a lot. I yeah. 
that was a good win on Friday, and I was worried about that game going in. I was worried about that game going into the season. I told, I mean, I, I think I was the one that was like, "This is a loss." <laughs> you know, well, I think we looked at, Oregon, we all looked at so. it like a toss up for sure. Um, yeah, curious between true. us three here, what would happen if we just if we swapped one player? We've swapped quarterbacks with Oregon State. What do you think? Oh my god, they would have. Yeah, they would have ran train on us. Are you kidding me? Yeah, like I think it's a Penix twenty is... plus point game. Yeah. 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 If it might be more. It's at least it's at least a like two touchdown loss yeah. for us. It's not gonna be good. Yeah. Oregon I don't want to think about that. Oregon State is definitely the best, if not top three in the conference with Penix at quarterback, guaranteed. Yeah, I would agree with top three. Top I don't three think for the best. sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're a top fifteen team, probably in, in the nation, though, with Penix at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, we're probably yeah, we might end the season. I mean, we'll see how this week goes. And I don't stuff, know where we're going to end ranked, but I don't think we're one of the best fifteen teams. No, no. like I was, I was going to say like top 22, 21, something like that, like in the twenty to twenty five range, which I mean is where we are right now, but like. I could see us moving up a couple slots before the end of the year. Um, but back to this game, though, I want to shout out a couple guys on defense because we haven't shouted out a lot of guys on defense this year. Um, we had a text exchange and we were like basically every time that the defense was on the field, we were like, Tuli, Tuli this, yeah. Tuli that. Like, I mean, that guy was everywhere on the field. He had a really, really strong game. And I mean, we as much shit as we've given him, Cam Bright showed up this game. He showed a little something, and hopefully that's you know a sign of some things to come over the next few weeks. Though Eddie's coming back, so well, like, that's probably what lit the fire under his ass. <laughs> maybe, yeah. I mean, you're probably right, but I mean, credit to him. He had ten tackles, a uh, sack, one and a half tackles for loss. I mean, he kind of balled out. So. Um, that was good to see from from Cam Bright when you know he came in with a I think pretty high expectations from all of us and hasn't right. really lived up to the part at this point. But when they needed him in this game, he he seemed to come through. So uh, we'll see what happens to his playing time with Eddie coming back, and it, that'll be a, an interesting storyline the last three weeks of the season. Yeah. Um, yeah, anything else you guys want to shout out like as as it comes to the offense, defense, this game before we start looking ahead to I was just going to say on the, the defensive Ducks. side of the ball, another person that we've texted quite a bit back and forth about during the game is Asa Turner. I mean, he's yeah. really played so much better. Our biggest knock on him always was looks like Tarzan plays like Jane and just not I mean, he's a big big defensive back and he's just never really had a physical presence or an intimidating presence on the field. But this year, particularly the last couple of games, you really feel his presence and he's, you know, striking the ball carrier with some violence and aggression and just seems to have way more confidence, not only in what his role is on this defense or, you know, his position as a leader on the defense, but I think he just feels like there's a, He's going into making tackles with a sense of confidence. Like he knows that he's going to bring the ball carrier down and he's coming with some, you know, 
bad intentions. Yeah. And it's yeah. just been really nice to see that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, yeah, we've mentioned him a few times on the podcast, but he just, he continues to impress every week, you know, and I think he's, he's even improving, you know, as the season goes on. Yeah. Totally as well. agree. Um, I, I think, I think Oregon state was probably his best, best game of the year, even though you're not getting like the picks or anything like that. Not none of the flashy right. numbers, but like where he was, his impact on the defense, like from a physicality standpoint too, he had a couple ball carriers really hard and that kind of fired up the defense, like the, like the timing of his tackles too. I think he had like a third, third yeah. down stop or two as well. So, th- I mean, those are all big plays that don't really show up in the, in the stat sheet, the box score, but totally I mean, those, agree. those are, those are huge plays that, that uh, we wouldn't see last year's Asa Turner make. So, yeah. And I think you're looking at, I don't think it's a coincidence that this defense is starting to gradually improve as yeah. some of those veteran leaders are, you know, more healthy and getting more reps on the field. Someone like Asa Turner or Mish Powell are able to like make sure that some of the younger or more inexperienced players are lined up correctly and just better communication overall. I think some of that stuff you're seeing come to fruition and, and seeing this defense improve a bit with just some of that veteran leadership on in, on the back end. Totally. So we go from an Oregon state team that, you know, is kind of a grounded, grinded out, pounded on the ground, play really good defense. It's going to be a close game and they'll try to win it at the end, you know, Pete Carroll style football <laughs> um, to now we're playing the flashy Oregon ducks, you know, and Heisman candidate, Bo Nix. And what a they're, joke. I mean, he is though. Well, it's slower <laughs> roll there. I mean, a little bit. Yeah. I don't think he's. Well, I mean, like he's probably a top eight candidate. I, I'm just saying like, he's like, been one of the better quarterbacks in the nation so far this year. I just, I'm not seeing it. I don't see it. Look at the numbers, man. I'm in, the mi- I'm in the, I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle. I don't think I, it depends how far I'm not, down. You I don't go. think he's great, but like that, like he's put up amazing stats this year in that offense. So, I mean, yeah, he's, he's played well stats. Yeah. Sam, just ultimate disrespect of Bo yeah. right now. I don't think he's that good. He's playing well. I don't know. It... Would you rather have him or Penix? Oh, Penix for sure. Well, then what are we talking about here? Well, I mean, you can't deny 73% completion percentage, 22 touchdowns to five interceptions. You know, the yeah, he's good. Heisman is that's, I don't know. It has to do with the status of Oregon as well. I mean, they're I mean, yeah, they're the sixth ranked team in the nation. Right okay. now, dude, you're laughing at all these things. <laughs> these are literally like these are facts. No, I know they're facts, but it's subjective. It's subjective ranking of number six because it's Oregon. That's yeah. That's why. Uh, what yeah. I'm laughing at, I'm not laughing at whether or not they're actually ranked number six. I'm laughing at whether or not you think they're actually the sixth best football team in the country. Sure. No and way. That part's fair. That's no. Part, that, that part's fair. Way. Not a chance in hell. Do you probably legitimately? Do you think they're the best team in the Pac-12? I think they definitely could be. Yeah, maybe. I haven't. If I'm being totally honest, I haven't watched enough Oregon games or USC games to like answer that super confidently, or even Utah games for that matter. But it seems like it. 
general consensus would be Oregon or USC. And I just, I don't, I don't know, but certainly Oregon has had a better season than we have. And certainly Oregon is one or two in the PAC 12, but I would laugh at USC being at, what are they at? Number nine, eight. Oh, yes. Yeah. I think that's the biggest fraud in the whole top 10. I think they're, yeah, I mean, it's just funny. I was laughing at, like, looking at the college football playoff rankings, and you got five Pac-12 teams in the top 25. It's just funny. Like, we're we're not that good. Like, Yeah, you know? but my counter-argument to that is, like, outside of a, a hand, very small handful of teams, you could argue they're not very good either. Like, other teams aren't that good either from other conferences. Like, I don't think Clemson's that good. Well, yeah, I think Clemson, if you asked me who the biggest fraud in the top 10 is, it would be Clemson. Are they still there? I don't know. I guess it is. Yeah, I think they're number nine or number 10, I thought. Yeah, they're frauds as well. But like Clemson, I don't think is that good. You could argue, gosh, I I just had it pulled up. But I mean, there's so many teams in there like that. When you go outside of eight and higher that are just, you know, eh. They don't yeah. do it for you. No, I think that's a valid point. I just feel like in today's day and age where the Pac-12 has been, it's just kind of funny to see two top 10 teams and five in the top 25. Like, do you is think TCU, LSU... Is TCU really the fourth best team in the nation? I haven't watched them play once, so I have no idea. That would I mean, they're undefeated. Me. It would surprise but... me if they were. It would surprise yeah. me if they were. I think but... Tennessee is better than them. I think both Bama and LSU are probably better than them. But, I mean, both LSU and Bama also have two losses. So Yeah. Anyways, you know, this is about the th- goddamn I don't, th- I don't think Ole Miss is that good. You know, I don't think North Carolina is that good. NC State, Tulane, you know, all these things, right? So, yeah. yeah. There's, I mean, there's a big difference between, like, the top, you know, seven or eight teams and the rest and the rest. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess there's no, it's the way college football anyways, is. university of Oregon. Here's what I want. Besides want, Sam? a victory against the Oregon ducks on Saturday. Oh, okay. I want to be able to walk away from that game and feel like, okay, not only did we win the game, but for the first time since I can ever remember we were the baddest team on the field. And if there was ever a knock against like the Chris Peterson era, was that like, and it never ever showed as much as it did when we played Oregon. But like we had a, we had a team full of guys that really liked playing football, hard nosed football players, but they weren't bad dudes. If you know what I mean? Like when, you're coming up on the line of what's tolerated between the sidelines on the football field and what's not like Oregon is always the team that like gets the last push or, you know, is the last one talking trash. And it just seems like there's an edge to the Oregon teams every single time we play them that like, we're not prepared to match. And I feel like this DeBoer coach team has a little bit more of that dog in them that like we probably haven't seen since new Heisel was our coach. And I just want to see us like 
match Oregon one on one in those situ- in those small moments on the periphery of the game. Like the little mental chess playing of like we're we want this more, we're crazier than you. And like I will push the boundaries of what's allowed and what's not allowed. I just want that so bad because that's the most that's one of the most annoying things to me about Oregon is I wish that my team played that way sometimes. Am I alone on this or no? Yeah, I I don't that's not the first thing that comes to mind to me whenever I think of Oregon, I guess, but I understand your sentiment whenever we play them. Like they they do tend to turn it up a notch. It's always chippy and it seems like we always get the short end of the stick and I'm yeah, sick and tired. I would that. agree with that. I would agree with that. I when I'm just thinking of Oregon football though, that that's that's not what comes to mind for me. No, I agree. I would I, say. And that's not the first thing, but like that's the that's just a little small thing. Sure. In the grand scheme of the game that I think makes a big difference. Well, I would I will say that I mean <laughs> I've heard some some of the players uh interviews this week and you know a lot of past players they just say this is just another game that was like the Chris Peterson mantra and stuff like yeah. that too. DeBoer's embraced this r- rivalry already. I mean, and these players are all like, "No, this is personal. Like this this game means more." This isn't just another game for us. This is a rivalry game. So, I mean, hopefully they actually play like it. I mean, they got to talk like it and actually play like it, you know. But, like, that yeah. that lends itself to hopefully they come out with the chip on their shoulder and 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 play at their at their best and bring, a, bring another level of physicality that we haven't seen from our side in this rivalry for at least a few years. You know, we've won two games in the last, like, 20 years. This has been rough. It's been tough sledding. Super, super appreciate that. That was great yeah. stat that you pulled onto this podcast. <laughs> I was. Good. I'm just. This is where we're at, though, man. This we is talk where reality. Rivalry. No, I need some like. I need some misinformation to make me feel better about myself. We are recording this on election day, so you know, yeah. spew it. Ooh, wrong. It's true. Wrong. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> Um, I think this Oregon team presents a lot of matchup problems for us. I think this is just a bad matchup for us. Um, What they excel at, we are not good at. (laughs) You know, they have explosive playmakers outside, namely like Troy Franklin, you know, one time kind of UW commit Troy Franklin um, is really tearing it up for Oregon right now. I trust me. I love our wide receivers and I would probably take our wide receivers over some other dudes, but Troy Franklin is, is legit and the real deal. I would, I would take that guy in a heartbeat. Um, and you know, if he's matched up against Perryman, that's like, he's going to eat his lunch. He's going to come back for yeah. seconds. He's going to, hmm. you know, shit on him while he's doing it he's gonna oh, eat eat his shit and then shit again on him like this is okay, oh my God. okay i don't think it's gonna be what? that bad what a visual it could be pretty it could be that bad it could no, be that I, bad. i'm closer to connor on this one i think just the matchup problems that oregon presents are a nightmare and especially i mean you look at i mean the wide receiver secondary matchup is gonna be god awful especially since yeah. oregon has a you know, you went through your Bo Nix shit on segment, but he's, no, 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 he no. is better than the Oregon State, whatever, however you pronounce it, quarterback. 
oh, by yeah. a mile, leaps and bounds, right? Totally agree. I wasn't shitting on Bo Nix. I was just laughing at his Heisman prospects. He's a good quarterback for sure. And so that that's a matchup problem for sure. But the other one I'm a little worried about too is uh, the Oregon offensive line. I think that our D, I don't think our D line is going to be able to get the pressure that they need against this Oregon team. So two things are going to happen. One, Bo Nix is going to have all time to all day to throw, and he's you know pretty mobile for a quarterback too. And then second yeah. is you know Oregon averages like 230. I don't have it. I just had it in front of me like yeah. 230 Fresh rushing yards. yards a game. Yeah, that's a problem. And so they could stuff it down our throat if they need to. So it, I, I'm very concerned about this offensive defensive matchup. Yeah. Listen. And you would think, sorry, Sam, to cut in here, but like to build off of Justin's point, you would like, you would think if there's any strength of our defense, it's our rush defense, but against teams that like actually run the ball. Well, we have not really been that impressive against them. You know, I mean, even Oregon state had a lot of success against us in, in the running game. You go back to UCLA and Arizona State, the our our two losses on the schedule, those teams ran the ball against us and ran well against us. So our defense can be had there. I think the Arizona State game, you could probably put a little bit of an asterisk there just because there were so many injuries, especially on the defensive line at that point. But I mean, UCLA for sure, they ran all over us and DTR is a way more mobile quarterback than Bo Nix, but presents the same issues, you know, like Bo Nix can move and present a lot of, a lot of problems for our defense. If he's able to extend plays and his receivers are able to get downfield. Yeah. I mean, they're going to score some points for sure. Yeah, And they're running back Bucky Irving. He's pretty good. He's, He's it's really all, it's all Sam's gonna give him though. He's pretty, 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 pretty good. No, he's, he's really good. Bucky. I like him because his name is Bucky. I gotta like him, but I'm not gonna <laughs> like him on Saturday. Yeah, you know we're we're sitting here talking about how you know it's a bad matchup. Their offense versus our defense. Totally agree. They're gonna score a lot of points, but here's the deal: we're gonna score a lot of points too because their defense is not very good. You're probably right, but like you, you want to at... know why? Go ahead. Continue. Finish Who your leads point. The team in tackling. Their safety. Yeah. Dead giveaway. But we can't run the ball. <laughs> we don't have to. Are their corners good? I honestly haven't looked. Their DBs are okay, I but think they're, they're okay. Not, they're yeah. not even close to what we just faced in Oregon State. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah. So this is honestly the way that this goes is it's going to be a high scoring barn burning type of yeah. type of game. I think the over under is like 72 and a half on this game. It is, like... yeah. And I would go over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I very realistically could go over that. Yeah. I think we all have final scores. Yeah, all have final scores over that, so Justin's is close, I guess, actually. Yeah, I mean, you know, anything could happen. Yeah. I I, I, I think we scored more than 24. I mean, yeah. I mean, should we just get there and talk about it? Yeah. 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 We should Why don't you lead us out, Justin? Like all the reasons I mentioned, the O-line or the Oregon O-line against RD line, their receivers against what we think 
we call cornerbacks. I don't know what their function actually is on the UW team. Bodies field. on the field. Body, <laughs> bodies on the field, right. Um, I think they're going to run riot over us, honestly. I think it's not going to be close. I think it's going to be a hostile atmosphere. I think we're going to make a couple of mistakes early. Um, it could be 21-0 by the end of the first quarter. Um, I'm going to say Ducks 45-24. I could see the Huskies getting a late garbage time touchdown to get that to 45-31 to break the over. Uh, it's not going to be pretty, guys. I you look at our, you even look at our common opponents and, you know, even the ones that we faced, like Oregon has molly whopped them, especially UCLA in Austin, to be fair. But a lot of these games, they also had garbage time. Like they absolutely smoked Cal at Cal. We didn't do that, you know, and that's not always an apples to apples comparison. You hate doing that, but just besides the Wazoo game, there has, they haven't played a close game in a while. So what happens when they find themselves in a close game? I mean, that's they're the gonna lose. That's they're the gonna argument. lose because so guess it? who has been in close games, and guess who's won those close games? Your Washington Huskies, baby. So I'm gonna go ahead and just roll with this one because I got the dogs winning, forty-eight to forty-five. Redemption tour is out on the road, headed to Eugene. Peyton Henry. Game-winning field goal, 48-45. It's going to be an offensive shootout. It's going to be a close game. That's what we do, and the Ducks don't even know what's happening in close games. So there. Well, I mean, the one they had against Wazoo, they came back and won it. I mean, the the, the Cougars cooked The Cougs cooked, they cooked it. They cooked it. Let's be fair. <laughs> you're making my point. You're making my yeah. point. All right. All right. I mean, I hope you're right. I mean, nothing would make me happier than, you know. Absolutely. No, Sam, don't get us wrong. I mean, I would love that. I really want to hop on board. I'm just I I'm late for this. I'm late to the station. I just I can't hop on board because I'm I'm Justin was dragging me back before. Right, right. You're going to take the Justin train you. here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, this is going to be bad. Oh, my <laughs> I have us losing. 52 to 35. Oof. We're going to give up a 50 burger. Our first first 50 burger of the season, I think. Did UCLA didn't quite score 50 against us, right? No, but they probably no. could have if they wanted to. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um and you know, like if the Ducks are up big, they're going to continue to pile it on cuz we went 70 to 21 on their ass in in Austin. I mean, nothing would make my year more. So I guess let, let's let's bring up this hypothetical because I heard it on the radio a couple times, a couple times today and yesterday. Would you rather? Both. Well, okay, that's not that's not the point <laughs> of would you rather. You get one or the other, Sam. Disqualified. Uh, would you rather have a win against the Ducks? in Autzen and lose the Apple Cup? No. Or would you rather lose in Autzen and then win the Apple Cup in Pullman? You want me you to go first? Yeah. Uh, this is so easy. I have to attend to my kids, so you guys go ahead. Sam, go uh, It's it. definitely win the Apple Cup. 
and lose to Oregon. Such a traditionalist. Okay, continue. No, listen, and here's why. Here's the deal. I've lived two-thirds of my adult life losing to Oregon almost every year, and I'm fine. So that makes it okay. You know, what's what's more mediocrity? Exactly, my point. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I work a desk job and have a haircut of a donkey. Mediocrity is my middle name, son. <laughs> but here's, uh, here's the problem. You lose to Oregon. That's something that I've weathered that storm year after year. I can weather it for one more year. What I can't handle is little brother Wazoo catching two in a row on us and having to deal with that. I do not in any scenario condone losing to Wazoo. Are you done yet, or is there any more points you need to make? That's my point, and now now I'm excited to hear what your sophisticated wine has to spew on this podcast. Because I'm sure about analytics and you know better team take the win. God, <laughs> I just made your points for you, didn't I? <laughs> no, see, I don't want to back to your middle name reference here to media. I don't want to hide behind mediocrity here. I think that. Only the true OGs are going to know the reference for that one. Here's the deal, Sam. I want to go out and beat the best. Right now, Oregon is the best ranked team in the Pac-12. They have blown the doors off. Basically, seven out of the eight Pac-12 games they've played. They're the nation's darling right now. They have 350 jersey combinations. When I go down, when we go down to Odson, I want to kick the shit out of them. We've shit on Wazoo so many times. You know, blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. They find it two two years in a row. They're going to, like, just jack themselves off for the next hundred years, right? We go and ruin Oregon's national title hopes and college football playoff hopes down in Autzen. There's not a sweeter feeling. Dan Lanning has been rumored with Auburn job. We go kick his ass. We go kick his ass. He might reconsider. Turn that program into turmoil once again, which, you know, would do wonders for UW, get recruiting momentum, flip kids from Oregon back to UW. So I think there's just so much more potential in going to kick Oregon's ass than going little Dickert's, little, little, little wazoo, whatever. Go kick Dickert, or go kick Waz, or you, uh, go see, kick Oregon's see, ass. See, <laughs> I told you, you know, no, no, that's your heart. Go, that's your no, heart. no, it's not. I want to go kick. I would rather beat Oregon. I dislike Oregon more than Wazoo. Well, okay, I agree with that. I dislike Oregon more than Wazoo, but I dislike losing to Wazoo more than I dislike losing to Oregon. But I'm about winning, not losing. And I think you're having a loser mentality right now, where I'm having a winning mentality. And I think no, that makes no sense because in this stupid ass hypothetical that Connor dumped on us before he ran out of here, is that you have to win one and you have to lose one. So it's the same. Uh, Yeah. So your answer in the beginning, where you cut him off before he said five words, because I knew exactly what kind of question he was going to ask. Whoa, would you rather some dumbass question? Yeah, I don't know. All right, so Connor, we're split on this. Uh, what what would you choose? Would you rather beat Oregon or Wazoo? I'd rather beat Oregon. That's the right answer. It's the only right answer. I are you I, like are you serious, Sam? This year, like any year, every year. 
My, it's the it's the you don't no listen. Thank you. You don't win the a win over Oregon does a lot more for your program than it does over Wazoo this year. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. But as a fan, born and raised, came out the womb throwing up dubs, measuring the success of a college football Washington Husky season starts and ends with the Apple Cup. If you win every so single game, so if we game, beat Oregon and then we lose to 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 the so and, Apple Cup, that's not a successful. So season. In, in in Sam's I, logic, yes. he'd rather be two and ten and win the Apple Cup than nine and three and lose it. Yes, precisely. <laughs> you lost me. <laughs> yeah, you lost me, man. I, rivalry games anything can happen like the Cougs won that weird game in 2012 2013 and pullman when yeah and look ASJ, you still like, remember and you remember yeah, everything can... about it you remember yeah, everything I, about well because asj like punched like a fan or something like tell me about game. tell me about your feelings uh, around you know the 20 the, the the game we lost to oregon in 2012 you don't remember you have no goddamn we got, idea we got fucking wrecked <laughs> That's you have not... no idea. You don't remember that, but you do remember us losing the Apple Cup. Because you we won more. Why? The... Because your friends around town that are Cougars, they remind no. you. No, no. And I want none cause... of that. Because we win the Apple Cup way more times than not. Oregon's been a fucking struggle, dude. Like, Yeah, it has. I it want this game. Upset. So why yeah. can't we just win them both? Why did you have to do this to me? I didn't mean to make us all upset. It's just a would you rather. It was to spark debate though. So I think that was that was a lively conversation. I missed more than half of it because my kid was crying. So I'm just sorry. Just because you don't remember the Oregon games doesn't mean everybody doesn't, Sam. I mean, 2012, we got our shit. I think we lost by 30, 31 points. 2013 just game day. Mariota would have been quarterback, right? I think game day came to UW at 2013, right? Mm-hmm. Um where that we lost, I want to say 45 24. Um, and then 2014, we went back and I think we scored two field goals um, where we got our shit kicked at Autzen. So I think people remember the games. I think yeah. people have Autzen's been a house up on their computer. Do not. I can share my screen. <laughs> yeah. Autzen's been a house of horrors, especially for a field goal kicker. I mean, if that ends up happening, Sam, more power to you. Justin and I will each buy you a six pack if that happens. If what happens? If both? If we win both? If Peyton Henry oh, picks a game, game winning field pick. goal against Oregon. I you like seem my, to I'll you seem it. to want it pretty bad, dude. Me? For a guy that's like, eh, I'd rather beat the Cougs. You seem to want this game pretty bad. I listen, I didn't ask the hypothetical question. I answered it as fast as I could. I want to win both. I never once said I want to lose to Oregon. Would you rather win both and lose to Colorado? Yes. 110%. Always. I would too, to be fair. I'd rather win both and lose to Colorado as well. Yes. That'd be a really bad loss. It would, but... That would be... I would be really not good at home. That'd that'd be a really bad loss. Can I ask another um, hypothetical question? One more. One One more. Great. Great. Would you rather beat, if you're a Seahawks fan, the Giants or the Cardinals? Hmm. Hey. Um, 
Oh, wait, wait, guys, we won both. Yeah, so we, we, don't, we, have don't, so we don't have to decide, decide that, that one. Funny questions like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's right, Justin. Why don't you, uh, yeah, talk about our Seahawks team, man. I don't even know where to start. I'm just flabbergasted, really. You start with this... the record. We're six and three. We're six, six and fucking three. I think the, over, that. the Vegas over under was what? Was it five or five, five, and, five and a half? Five and a yeah. half. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So Done. they've already they've already got the over. I've paid yep. out a couple bets where I already bet the under and I've lost. So you know, jokes on me. But here we are. <laughs> six and three. First place, sole um first place in the NFC West. Aren't we already it, like two games ahead too? We're one and a half games over the 49ers, but they beat us once. So you know, there's a little, you know, but yeah. the 49ers are four and four. The Rams choked it in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Uh, last weekend so they're three and five and then the cardinals you know we've they're they're in the shitter clearly yeah so we'll we'll talk about that one a little more but mm-hmm. six and three we had their next game in munich against tampa bay who by their hair on their chinny chin chin tampa bit or tom brady passed it for like i want to he had like 58 dropbacks or something in that game just yeah i don't know but the Seahawks, I mean, playing complimentary football, Pete Carroll style football, you know, Geno Smith. <laughs> and it's and working. A... Yes. Let me get there. Geno Smith <laughs> has been a revelation all season, but still we started two and three. Geno Smith playing amazing, but this defense was one of the worst things we've ever seen. You have people like me, you know, looking at everything saying, you know, they've turned around in uh, seasons past, but I still don't see how they're going to do it this season. They've played Saquon Barkley and the Giants offense, which is okay. They played Kyler twice and they played who's the other game? Who else did we beat? In the last the Chargers. Four. The Chargers. Yeah, Chargers. Yeah. Um, with their explosive offense and Justin Herbert and everything. And we've blown the doors off of them, really. Um, all yeah. have dynamic rushing attacks in one way or another. We've stopped it haven't really passed much on us minus Herbert a little bit, but eh. guys, this is a revelation. I don't even know what to do. I mean, crows are being had all across the country to be fair. It's nobody's oh, yeah. company, mm-hmm. Yep. but especially on this podcast. I mean, it's unprecedented, honestly. We're all yeah. having crow for dinner and breakfast. Yeah. I'm having it all week, but yeah, it's and it's, leftovers. It's amazing. Honestly, as a fan, you go and you think, you know, you're trading away a Hall of Fame quarterback and you're thinking all oh, this backup quarterback is going to come in. He's shown nothing. Who's shown nothing in his career and just out of nowhere is playing amazing football. Stunning. Hall of Fame, Hall of Famer, Geno Smith, baby. <laughs> you need to put on some Jets tape. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, he's still got he's 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 a young 32, baby. I mean, he's got he played he could play like this for another five or six years if he wins a couple titles. Helps when you can see over the middle and you know you have a wristband to help you, you know, you gotta have the place. Gotta have that wrist coach. Ooh. <laughs> Apparently Russ thinks he's too smart to have a wrist coach on his arm. According to Pete Carroll alluding in the interview, you know, we'll, well see. it's not it's, that's factual. No, no, no. You I can't know, find like, a picture of Russell Wilson wearing a wrist coach, but you can find one of Tom Brady, he wears one. Russ must be smarter than him. Oh, Peyton Manning. Oh yeah, that guy. 
Yeah, he wore one too, but Russell Wilson's probably smarter than him. I mean, Aaron Rodgers? Was oh, true, yeah, he wears one too. If it was truly ego-driven, which it very well could be, or it was just, you know, something else. Because there are other quarterbacks in the league that don't. Team three, team three was like, look, Russ, we're trying to build a brand. And you you know what looks really nerdy? <laughs> we're in a wrist coach. When when they take pictures of you in the game, we want just two standard wristbands looking yoked. That's no one on the want. cover of GQ has a has a wrist coach. Are you kidding me? Yeah. What do you want, Russ? What do you want with with your life? Do you want to be on the cover of GQ or do you want to yeah, I'm 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 a Super Bowl winning quarterback with a wrist coach. I'm gonna win multiple titles. No, you want to be on GQ. Christ. And build your brand. Yeah. Team three. It's all about team three, but taking us back to the Hawks, since this is what Mm -hmm. we do, we talk about the Hawks, then we get off topic and talk, you know, shit about Russ, which is needs to happen every time. It does. I feel a little bad at this point. I don't. Yes. It's it's getting a little out of hand for sure. It's getting a little out of hand. And I say that every time and I get irritated about it. And then there's just something new that comes. And then he just goes and does something dumb. He definitely digs his own trench. Yeah. It happens. But, um, but yeah, it's there's some there's some pretty bad bad hate out there on Russ. Like, and I'm not gonna stoop to that level. Like but... off the field stuff too. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, I, I, I'm yeah. I'm enjoying you know his struggles this year mainly because we have the Broncos pick. Like that's that's mostly that's a huge where, part of it for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. mostly where. Honestly, like after that. I hope Russ has a decent career. Like I, I mean, none of it reflects upon the Seahawks at that point, especially now it seems like we seem to have our shit together and we're building our team back up again and doing it the way that Pete and John want to do it. You know, I mean, I, I think both can be good situations in the end, but like, yeah, yeah I hope that the Broncos lose and Russ sucks this year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That is correct yeah. because it has implications on the Seahawks in the draft class next year. Yeah. Speaking of which, I think bringing back to the point where Justin let us off, just kind of flabbergasted that we're sitting here first in the NFC West, six and three, like call it lightning in a bottle with Geno Smith or whatnot. But I think perhaps even more impactful to this team is this 2022 draft class. Mm. Unbelievable yeah. that we hit basically five out of five on our first five picks mm-hmm. i mean they're Mafe all, they are is, all significant contributors this year yeah outside of mafe they're all starters and mafe still like a he's a very, yeah he, he's no lj like, collier yeah but like <laughs> yeah yeah you've got your starting left tackle your starting right tackle your starting running back two of your starting corners this draft class is having such a huge impact immediately on this team. And like you hear KJ Wright talking, well, about some unsavory shit. But what I was actually going to be referring oh, to yeah. was the yeah. fact that like KJ is talking about how he looks at this team and it makes him think of like that 2012, 2011, 2012 era of the Hawks where it's like, just hitting on draft picks after draft picks. And Pete Carroll's got all these players with chips on their shoulder and they're bought in as a team. And you kind of have these veteran leaders like a Shelby Harris reminds me of someone like 
you know, big red Bryant back in those days. That's kind of like a vocal veteran voice in the locker mm-hmm. room. That's like totally got a chip on his shoulder. And it's just that Pete Carroll recipe that we've seen be successful before. And honestly, I think I can speak for all of us that like definitely kind of shocked to see that we were able to run it back a decade later and like with how much football the game of NFL has changed since then. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, Justin, but it looks like it's the same recipe. Like you got your running back, you've got your quarterback that's able to make things happen. Your defense is coming along somehow, some way, but it just seems like, everything's fitting into the puzzle that Pete Carroll wanted to put together. And it's pretty damn similar to the one that he put together in 2011 to 2014. It is. And especially if you, especially if you look at like the team dynamic, the team camaraderie, the makeup of the team, how much the Seahawks are relying on young players. I mean, I don't know the exact number, but it is, by far and away, the Seahawks are re- relying on rookies, and they have the most rookie snaps in the NFL uh, by team. Or even you expand that to rookie deals, like someone like DK. Sure. sure. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, I mean, he signed an extension in the offseason, so he'll be here for a while. But, yeah, I mean, what the difference is, is that, you know, this is, a, this is an offensive team now. This is not a defensive-led team like it was in 2012 and you would yes you had the offense making russell wilson making crazy this is when he would scramble and have a lot of rushing yards and yeah you you had Marshawn go crazy and you had marshawn and that sort of thing but you know this is really a you know tip the scales this is an offensive led team i mean you look at this game in arizona uh, that we could dive into a little more a little bit um and you know gino had a horrible horrible throw for a pick six in this game yeah um what happens after that you know does he panic does he lose confidence does he you know try to force throws no no none of that three straight touchdown drives 10 for 12 123 yards not only does gino slam it down their throats uh kenneth walker flips the bird not actually but flips the bird to cliff kingsbury <laughs> and kyler murray and just runs that it chargers fan flipped double birds to him, though. <laughs> yeah. like, i know you've seen that one yeah uh, the seahawks good. had a nice social media post where they that was great it's fair like, yeah they're seahawks social media has been on point this year they're they've had they some have. fun with this um, year but i mean just absolutely running down their throat and going back to you guys's point about the rookie class um i mean finding bookend tackles in the same draft making this big of a difference is unheard of honestly yeah is i don't know if it's happened in the last x 20 plus years that i've been alive and watching football probably longer than that and so mm-hmm. you know it was one of my big reasons why the seahawks would suck this year is because you know i thought their offensive line would be shit and yeah, you know, I obviously had no confidence in Gino, but I thought this right. offensive line was going to be terrible and maybe have some success in the latter part of the year, but the beginning would be terrible. And that's been the opposite. So mm-hmm. kudos, kudos to the, you know, to John and Pete, as well as just Charles Cross and especially as a third round pick, Abe Lucas, he's a dog from Wazoo. He's been money. Yeah. 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 He's mean, from my he... alma mater. So even though he went to Wazoo, Wazoo yeah. he went to Archbishop <laughs> Murphy high school. 
and actually my sister and his sister are like they're literally best friends co-workers which is kind of that's pretty crazy cool. to think but like yeah, yeah abe is he's legit he's really good he is for sure um I want to I want to turn our attention a little bit to the defense here in a second, but before I do, we do need to give G- Gino his credit. I mean, you guys have already talked about him a bit, but like the dude leads the league in completion percentage. Like that's all the years, right? That we heard of Pete Carroll. What did Pete Carroll want from Russell Wilson? He wanted over seventy percent completion percentage, right? Right. Yep. Yes. He said that multiple years. You are correct. Absolutely. Multiple years. Gino's doing it. Seventy-three point two percent completion percentage for Gino leads the league. Leads the league, I guess, of like like actual quarterbacks, like over two hundred passes or whatever. Um, he's also like third in the league in passer rating, and. I think what imp- like what impresses me the most is his pocket awareness and how he handles pressure because that's something that we really hadn't seen from Gino even like when like last year too like whenever he would come in he would kind of falter under pressure in a little bit of the same way as Russ but e- maybe even like take an- another step further and make a really bad throw you know when 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 he sees pressure this year he's stepping up in the pocket. You saw that third down uh pass to Noah Fant, I think, when there was like pressure like in his grill against the Cardinals. Are you talking Noah about Fant, the, the, like, the last touchdown game, drive? No, this was oh, earlier okay. in the game. Right. Like first yeah. half. Got it. Yeah, yeah. That's we ran that um, same play like five at times. least five times. Yep. Yeah. And there, we there were multiple fans. instances that he he had pressure in his face and he had completions like the one to lock it was huge as well later in the game as well. But that one stuck in my mind just because like literally like he was like bouncing off of one of his tackles and he just delivers a strike like he just finds his guy delivers a strike and it's not even really a check down play like it's just the guy <laughs> the guy's right there and he's throwing it to him Um, and we just haven't seen that from our quarterback in the past decade so that's that's refreshing that's really nice to see um i i'm it's just one of the best stories in the nfl this year is is the play of geno smith and and this year that he's having i i really hope that he can keep it up um he's he's faced some couple pretty good defenses you know and and uh, the Cardinals aren't really a good defense, but they can put pressure on you, I guess, is, is more of what I'm saying. The Giants defense is pretty good. Like, that's a pretty good defense. And, you know, I they held him to, like, somewhat in check, but he still, he still got his. And they pressured him. I think they gave – there was some stat. They gave him cover zero looks, which is, like, no safety, like – and cover zero blitzes like 20 plays or something like that, something like that. And against, against the giants, which is just crazy pressure. And Gino, I think only ended up being sacked like a handful of times, like three times against the giants. So um, I'm just very impressed with this play. 
Speaking of sacks, though, the defense, a huge part of this defensive turnaround is the defensive line and their play, right? And everyone's been talking about basically that there's been this schematic change from a read and react to more of like just shoot the gap that you're in charge of. And it's done a lot of good for this defense. And I think it's just less complicated for these guys. And they have a lot more confidence in in, in what they're doing. Uchenna Nuosu has seven sacks this year. The uh, Seahawks in, as a team are fourth in the NFL in sacks with 27. So they're getting to the quarterback. They're putting pressure on the quarterback. I, I think Uchenna Nuosu against the uh, – was it against the Giants? He had – no, it was against the Chargers, his old team. He had like a he had like eleven quarterback hits or something like that in that game. Making Herbert feel it. And I think he leads the league in in quarterback hits like because of that game. <laughs> but like that's just insane. I, the fact that you have an elite pass rusher, at least by metrics, for ten and a half million dollars a year is a game changer for this defense. Absolute well, I remember game changer. when we made that signing, I, I wish I remember what the social media post was for the Seahawks, but it was like they kind of, if I remember right, they sent out some cryptic tweet earlier in the day, like, oh, big news is coming. And you're like, oh, like, what free agent did we grab? Like, who is it going to be? Mm-hmm. And then they announced it was Ucheno Nuosu, and we were all like, all of that for him? because he's just been a very underwhelming player for the chargers yeah sure i mean he's been a good role player but it wasn't like you know you were waiting he was like a a situational pass rusher essentially for them, right like i mean yeah and the role that he's had on our defense this year to your point like the value that we're getting out of him and his contract right now is next level yeah Yeah. not to mention bruce Irvin's having like a like a renaissance season <laughs> like at age 35 i mean he's he's getting it done too i it's it's awesome to see him yeah filling in for daryl taylor while he's out you know i'd love to get daryl taylor going once he's what's healthy the, what's the prognosis on him uh i don't remember what his injury was but i think it's like a hip injury or something like that Sounds he played weird. like three plays of the giants game and then it like tweaked up on him and he sat out the rest of that game. He sat out last week. I think he traveled or is traveling with the team to Munich to play Tampa Bay, but I'm not, I think it's like, he's questionable. Like it's going to be probably a game time decision. On gotcha. Him. I think that it's probably, gonna... probably more realistic that he just comes back after the bye. But... Gotcha. That game's at like six 30 in the morning for us. Six right? 30 in the morning, bright Tampa and early. Bay. Get your coffee. Yeah, get your coffee and your beer at the same time. Yeah, little Irish coffee. I have to decide whether I should watch Prem or Prem or the NFL. Never thought I'd have to make these decisions. Oh, stop it! Leeds, you're gonna watch Saturday, dude. Are you serious? I'm just joking. Are you? Yeah. When does Leeds play? Sam would rather watch Brighton versus Aston Villa on Sunday. No. When does Leeds play? Murder fest. Leeds play on Saturday, Saturday at yeah. 7 a.m. Yeah, at Tottenham. Hot spas. Uh, you know, looking at the schedule ahead of us for the Seahawks, you know, obviously they have the Buccaneers. 
They have been struggling, surprisingly, on offense. Mm-hmm. Terribly struggling on offense for a multitude of reasons. But defensively, they're still okay. And so that's where it could be interesting. They have big boy, friend of the pod, Vita Vea. Uh, yeah that can, that can cause some damage um over the interior of our line so that's going to be a matchup to watch in that game for sure but just more largely as you look at our schedule it's been it's a little interesting where we don't play especially the better teams we play we don't play that many elite offenses outside the chiefs defenses we we face some pretty good defenses down the stretch the rams still can play defense uh although giving up that 35 second touchdown drive tampa bay San Francisco, the Jets, we still play. And so there's still yep. some pretty good defenses. And Gino's shown it against good defenses, especially late in games against, you know, the Giants particularly. But it'll be really interesting to see what better pass rushes and better corners do against against this team. For sure. Uh, have your guys' predictions for the rest of the season <laughs> yes <laughs> edited it all at this point from when we did it like last from week when we just did it a couple ago? weeks ago so i think justin you were at i think it was nine and eight. nine and eight i'm pretty yeah. sure i was nine and yeah. Eight. yeah both yeah. sam and i were at 10 and seven yeah i mean i feel like nine and eight would be a huge huge disappointment at this at this stage with the schedule to... remaining too yeah, yeah. And, right. and just seeing how the rest of the nfl is playing out and the continued yeah. success and just dominance that the Seahawks have displayed mm-hmm. uh, to answer your question. Yes. I would revise my prediction. Um, I think worst, absolute worst case doomsday doomsday scenario is 10 wins. Yeah. I'm talking that's about like nuts. worst case. That's just nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to like, and you're uh, if you're ten and seven, I think you based on you're the probably NFC, you're a playoff a wild team. card. Yeah, forty yeah. um, niners I think are going to be pretty good throughout the second half of the season. But yeah, they probably win the division. Based I think on I think if that. you're like a professional better and you're betting on the Seahawks, it's probably like ten or eleven wins. Mm. Yeah, like it's the line. I mean, ten and a half is probably the line. You know, I don't know what it is. That's, that's a good question. I'll look. You're Sam, probably. I'll look that up. You're probably chalking up two wins against the Raiders and the Panthers for sure. So that gets you, you guys eight. had losses to the Raiders. Yeah, I but you know, things mind. have changed. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of the changes. So that's that's your revision right there, is that Raiders? Yeah. Game. Okay. So th- that's like that's probably two wins. Especially because that Raiders game is at home too. So even if we still you guys had, it was you guys had losses to Tampa too. I haven't decided what I think is gonna happen yet. Yeah. Tampa Bay is favored by two and a half points, according to Vegas. I just have a hard time. Even though he's not been that good, it's just like it's Tom Brady. It is Tom Brady. And yep. that I think the travel time is just brutal coming from Seattle. So I just feel like though, if you're if you're making the call off a of momentum, like I think it's a, a toss-up is the way that I feel about it, kind of. Mm-hmm. And so if I have to give an edge one way or the other, I'm going to go with the team with momentum. And like Seahawks have so much positive energy going forward right now. And the Bucks do not like that's distraction central right now. So, but going back, I definitely am chalking up a win against the Raiders and the Panthers. So that gets you to eight wins. 
I think you win one of the two Rams games. That gets you to nine. And then you're basically down to Chiefs, 40, Jets. 49ers, Chiefs, Jets, and Bucks. And I think that you're at least winning one of those. So you're still probably at 10. the Bucks. I'm probably still at ten. Vegas is over under right now is nine and a half. Yeah, I'm at, I'm gonna sit at ten. I'm probably at eleven. I think ten to eleven is the the answer. Just crazy. So you both of you are at ten. I'm I'm Mister Optimism at eleven. <clears throat> I mean, we're talking about if you if you if. If we can get to 11 wins, you might be a two seed based on how the Vikings do down the stretch. Right. I mean, worst I case think the Eagles are almost assured going to be the, the one seed at this point. Yeah, they're kind yeah, of their ske- away with And it. their schedule is just absolute shit. So they right. should be able to go at least 13-4, 14-3, right. minimum. Um, But, I mean, 11 wins that – you're I, I would think that wins the division and you might be a two seed. Oh more eleven wins three. wins eleven the wins guarantees wins the division. It should. It should. San Francisco would because have you, to go we, seven and two. Yeah. So they could, but unlikely. The, the one thing is they, they've played the Chiefs and we haven't yet. Mm-hmm. Let me see but if we win eleven schedule. games, then that if we win eleven games, then you're definitely probably yeah. The Rams ten, games a little winning. more iffy. Yeah. So the Niners, yeah. the Niners' remaining schedule: they host the Chargers, they're at the Cardinals, host the Saints, host the Dolphins, who are a pretty good team, host yeah, the Bucks, are good. at us, host the Commanders, at the Raiders, host the Cardinals. I wouldn't say anything's like super scary. No, I mean, I think, I think the Dolphins, the Dolphins game you. and us are uh, probably uh, the us scariest. on Thursday night football is a tough game for them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Char- Chargers at home. I mean, I that's this that's this coming weekend. That's the Sunday night game. And then I think the Bucks can always get you. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's a couple games that like you could see them slipping up. I mean, there's division games in there too with the Cardinals. Who knows? Maybe they pull some magic out of a hat. But yeah, I don't you know. You could see the Niners I... going and winning at least six of those games, though. Yeah, I think yeah. you're going to need eleven to feel comfortable about the division. Yeah, and even then, it might come down to tiebreakers. Yeah. So, but ten wins but... likely gets you to the playoffs. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I feel good. I feel good about playoffs with 10 wins, which I mean, the NFC this year, if we get in. I mean, at this point, who it's anybody's game. Right. Is, like, is there the... a more well-rounded team than the Seahawks right now? Maybe the I guess the Eagles probably the Eagles probably, but but, they, but even then, like that's probably like, the they're, least they're a, scared they're a beatable team like that. That's like the that's the most beatable. I've... That's the I've most beatable undefeated team I've ever seen. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's not like the past, you know, teams when the Seahawks have won a game in the playoffs. And it's like, oh, we got to go to Lambo. Uh oh. Yeah. Like you oh, know, yeah. everyone has felt like terrible about this yeah. game, even the one a couple years ago. And yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, Aaron Rodgers has only lost two games this year, and it's going to be snowing in Lambo. 
Yeah, probably not going to win that one. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Eagles have been great this year, but, you know, their schedule hasn't been that crazy either. I mean, they you can only play with who's in front of you, and they've done really yeah. well, but, like, their schedule is pretty cake this year outside of their division. And so, yeah. The Seahawks are plus 3,400 to win the Super Bowl right now. It's way better than it was uh, to start the season. That's like true. Way lower odds are higher. I mean, somebody out there had to have yeah. taken that bet. Oh yeah, somebody. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> crazy there's Seattle some, fans. There's are some Vegas crazy the people. Time. Yeah. What is Tampa Bay's over under eight and a half right now? Yeah. This Seahawks team is fun, man. I think like we could. I mean, we could go ten and seven, and like sneak into the playoffs and like losing the first round and i'd still call this season a massive success oh hell yeah point. yeah especially like, when based we have on the broncos first round pick well i mean yeah let's see how, <laughs> let's, let's see what they do but like i it that looks promising i mean they have broncos is going to be top 15 yeah mm-hmm. it's like 11th right now so like it's dropped quite yeah. a bit from our last time we, we spoke because they uh they, they won against the jaguars in, in london, london. yeah yeah. And then they had a bye week and they improved their improved their position at that point too. Um so yeah, we'll we'll see how they finish the year, but it look I mean it's I think it's a pretty good time to be a Seahawks fan right now. Very good. Well, I think when you talk about like it being such a fun team to watch, I think there's just a lot going right for that right now in terms of right. you know, it's so easy to root for somebody like Geno Smith and it's so exciting to see these young rookie players making an impact and you're getting to know these new players on and off the field. But I think the biggest reason why it's been fun is we all walked into this season, like hoping to win a game <laughs> and like, yeah. Oh shit. We're good. Yo, this is, this is good time. This <laughs> oh, this is, fun. is sweet. I'm having, <laughs> this is, I'm having a good time watching this. Yeah. So I think a lot of it is just like how low the, it's the lowest the expectations have been since probably Jim Mora. Maybe Pete Carroll's first season. Yeah. Pete's first couple of years, probably yeah. like with like, yeah, but even then, but even yeah. then, like were was our expectations really that low? Even when Pete Carroll came from USC, where we really like, we'll be lucky to win three games. Like, no, our it expectations wasn't anywhere near that low. We're rock bottom. And yeah. the fact that, that we're good, like just, how much we've exceeded expectations is the reason why it's just been so fun to watch. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, they're yeah, like you said, just it's a likable bunch. All the they rookies, play for the each young other. talent. Yep. Yeah, and I mean Gino. Gino's just uh, he says all the right things too in like his pressers and the post game interviews and stuff like that too. So like, did Russ. Uh I mean Russ had cliche being, central I'm being, but I'm being facetious. Facetious, yeah. Uh the hard word. No, like and the the yeah. I think I texted you guys about this. Like the first thing that came to my mind when I saw his last post game interview was the fact that like he took accountability for that pick six like was like the first thing 
out of his mouth when he was in, in his yeah. interview and she, like Pam Oliver was like asking about like you know like how 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 has this season been such a success for you guys and he's like well the defense just picked me up like this isn't just me right now like because I had a really bad play on that pick six um so that is something that we did not see from Russ ever was that accountability factor um and that's not only refreshing to see, but I I think it's a necessary element to playing the quarterback position and being a leader on a team. Like, accountability is a huge part of leadership. And Russ may have been a captain on this team, but, like, I don't know. His leadership style wasn't the same as what you're seeing, like, from a Geno Smith or even, like, from guys back then, like, Sherm, Bobby, Earl, like it's just, it, it was a different leadership style, you know? And I think it says a lot that like, he didn't really hang out with those guys outside of football. And I don't know. it. The vibes are weird with, with Russ, man. And I like, I I'm enjoying watching Gino right now because you can tell that the team really likes playing with and for him. And the coaching staff really enjoys coaching him too. And I hope he gets paid because the dude deserves it. Like he's had, he's had a tough career, you know, (laughs) he was, he was a top 10 pick that ended up sliding into the second round and had like landing in a really difficult place in, in a New York Jets organization. Um, and being a career backup for a decade and he's getting his shot. So more power to him. I'm, well, I'm just happy for him. If he keeps playing like this, I don't think there's any worried about him getting paid by somebody. Um, He'll get paid by somebody. I, yeah. I hope it's the Seahawks, but yeah, I, I should that, be paying that, him right now. Is what we tri- should be doing. Yeah. Extend. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to pay $50 million for him. <laughs> I, I think that'd be crazy to pay somebody that's only done you, one year. I don't think any don't team think, would do that. I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll acquire that type of salary. But thirty is definitely in the in the cards. Because I mean, you got to look at the partnership here too. Like, what if Gino had left in this offseason and went to who? What team? Jets. I don't know. Yeah, like, he wouldn't have been as good. Um, you know, no, it's I the, think Shane him, Waldron's the familiarity been with awesome the system and Shane Waldron and everything. And so I think, well. Hopefully he realizes that and there's some sort of partnership. Uh, not to say right. he has to take a discount, but that he, you know, is actively wanting to stay here for. His yeah, I, you get the sense that that's how he feels about it. And if you're the Seahawks, like he's not getting any cheaper. No. Than today, <laughs> like he keeps playing really well. So you know, yeah. as a Seahawks fan, I would like to see them get something done sooner rather than later. And have it be in that $20 million a year range would be ideal. But yeah. if I'm Geno Smith at this point, like I'm probably not signing that. Like 20. Yeah. No 20. Probably. No. I think his floor right now is probably 25 at this point. Like that, like that in either. his mind, I don't no. know if like that's, I mean, that's what, what it's going to end is... up being, but on the free market, what do you think his annual value is? It's not 50. 
I would say low no, 30s. It's, it's approaching 30, 30 if 30. not. Yeah. I think uh, some teams I think it's probably, in the low 30s. Yeah, I think it's 30 to 35. Expanding yeah. salary cap. Yeah. Probably. I But like I how mean, many like, years though too? Like that's the other part of this. Probably two yeah. to three. Yeah. But like so. think about a team like the Falcons or somebody. Like they're not going to go spend $30 million to get a potentially really good quarterback for the next what five if we years? did like three years 60 million dollars guaranteed though fully guaranteed i don't well, think as a seahawks it. fan i would love it <laughs> yeah i don't think he would take it he wouldn't take 60 mil guaranteed i don't think so I, he would think about it for like that long and then say no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so not a good offer by Connor. All right. No. Um, Sam Hoganson, well, I would take it. Oh, you know John. You know John Schneider. John Schneider is going to lowball him though. Yeah. He always. It'll does. be very, very interesting. I mean, as fun and exciting as it has been to watch this team and watch Gino's career be a resurrection, like it's going to be very interesting to see how the front office deals with the situation mm, because yeah. you could have a high draft pick with the Broncos pick that we're getting. Right. And it goes back to that question that I know we talked about on last episode, so we don't need to totally rehash it, but like, do you stick with Gino? Do you try to draft a quarterback of the future? Do you try to find a scenario where you can do both? Like, it'll just be very fun to see how that all hashes out. And I think as the season progresses in that situation kind of at least crystallizes to a certain degree, it'll be fun to rehash that whole conversation. Yeah. I I think ideally you, you do both and you're drafting a quarterback. It's just where you're drafting him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And there's that transition tag uh, part as well. If it gets late enough, that might be the best option. What's the transition tag again? That was like twenty five or something like that, wasn't it? I thought it was thirty, but yeah, it's, no, it's I, much I guess lower. I meant like what is a transition tag because it's different from a franchise tag. It's similar though in the way that it works. I think the key difference is like another team can sign the player, match right? It. Yeah, match the offer, but if they do so, then they have to give some sort of like draft compensation. We get like a, I think we get almost like it's like a third round comp pick or something like that for it. I don't know. I would, I'm not the, yeah. I would need to look at it, but there's some sort of compensation that gets sent to the Seahawks if somebody else sends it. Okay. So it's not as exclusive as the franchise tag. Right. right. Okay. Interesting. Is that new? Uh, Within the or last five a... years, I think. Yeah. I just yeah. don't think it's been common since it's been implemented. I just, yeah. yeah. I don't remember that being part of my Madden dynasties back in the 2010s. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think it was. It's like, that. oh, yeah, I'm going to franchise take Adrian Peterson, please. <laughs> <laughs> Pay him all the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, anything else you guys wanted to touch on uh, when it comes to Seahawks? We can even go back to dog stuff before we do a quick transition it. and then start wrapping. I think that's it. Set that's your it. coffee machine early. Seahawks, yeah. 6.30 a.m. Seahawks over the Buccaneers, 24-17. Okay, I yeah, quick prediction. I, if I had to pick a score, it'd be probably something similar to Justin. I think we score in the 20s. We hold them to the teens. But I could easily see us losing this game as well, just given going to Munich, 
that's not a, because I think Buccaneers are necessarily better, but it's just a lot. And that's I think, a jaunt. And <laughs> yeah. six and four through that it's stretch, a, I think, is still pretty good, and we can still recover. But I it's still, long I for Tampa, though. Team. It's yeah, long Tampa. for Tampa though, because they're they gotta so go far north, south. yeah, up and over. Yeah, it's long for both. I, the time change is less though. Yeah, when you're jet we, we've done well on the East Coast and on like since we, like 2013, basically with Pete. Though, yeah, we kicked so. the shit out of the Raiders right in London a few years back. We did. Yeah, so you know. Just saying, I think we'll first, win, but first, I'm saying there's uh, the, a lot of excuses that could happen if we do. Yeah, yeah well, and the tough. thing that we should bring up that we haven't brought up yet is the, this is the first game in Germany. <laughs> like This is the first uh, NFL yeah. game in Germany. Yeah. So, Bayern cool. Munich Stadium. Yep, pretty cool. Uh, that'll They're be a classic like, curve. A cool scene. I, yeah. I plan on being up already because my kid will be awake. Um, so yeah, That works out for choice. you, Connor, because like the UW game is actually at four this week. Perfect yeah. time. You know, right? You know, four... perfect ish. Like seven thirty is his bedtime, and we start like doing his bedtime routine at like six thirty, oh. six forty-five. Mm. Well, so... he's apparently, according to his dad, he's going to be falling asleep to some cuss words being yelled at the TV. Maybe, yeah, I might not be a happy camper. We'll see. But I if hope, Uncle I Sam has his way, it's going to be a good night. It would be. I will stay up with Liam all night. I don't give a shit if we beat Oregon. Wake his ass up. <laughs> yeah, so we're partying, Liam. So, you know, that game probably ends around 7.30-ish, give or take. Yeah. And then, you know, see how you get you get to hopefully go to bed early after Liam is put to bed and then Maybe. wake up nice yeah. and early. Well, Grant's coming into town this weekend. So. Oh, friend of the pod. Hi, Grant. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. We'll we'll have some fun. We're going to watch the Oregon game and that's their last night here. So they'll, they fly out early on Sunday. So we'll probably, uh, we'll probably call it a night early, but we'll see. Yeah. I think it's straight. I think it's on NFL network, but on CBS as well in Seattle locally. Yeah. Yeah. Local. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think you're right. Well, that's going to be fun. That'll be, uh, can you imagine starting seven and three going into the bye? No. Oof. I mean, I can now. I want I'd say, it. I'd say it's probably like a 51-49 shot we do. Yeah, I want it. I want it bad. Uh, if you're asking me, I'm probably saying like a 27 to 20 victory. I'll take it. So... I th- yeah, you said Tampa's favored right now? By two and a half, yeah. Oh, man. I would jump all over that. Yeah. I think we'll win like 27-21 or something. The Cardinals were favored in Arizona last week, which I didn't get that Keep at all. Keep hating. I, don't, Keep I didn't get that. I love being an underdog. Because Arizona, we didn't really get to talk about that game. They are in shambles. Cliff Kang, but Kingsbury's an idiot. Kyler Honestly, Murray's they overrated. more lost that game than we yeah. won it. DeAndre Hopkins was shut down. I still think he's really good, but like, I don't know what Arizona was trying to do that game. They weren't trying to scheme or DeAndre open. The only success they had was really Kyler running the ball. They didn't really do that that much either. And was, even then, he holds the ball out like. It's oh, a... there's well, there's that too. And even then, are we going to talk about the Kyler's little bitch? Like, well, there's <laughs> there's also that. And then there's that. 
I mean, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 came out a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> no one two since then, so I don't know. Yeah. It's a decent not game. not studying his four hours. Not, yeah. Well, that got taken out of his contract, so maybe it should <laughs> maybe be it back in there. Have, yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, yeah, I would not want to be a Cardinals fan right now. The, I, that starts at the top, dude. Their their GM's a piece of shit. Um, their owners kind of a piece of shit too. Coaches, I think, over his head. Cliff's like doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. know if he's a piece of shit, but he's not competent. No, I don't think he's yeah. a piece of shit. He just yeah. he doesn't know what he's doing. He's kind right. of like. Do you think he's a little bit yeah. of an airhead? Uh, no, because I think I think he's he'd be a really good offensive coordinator. I think he just doesn't know how to run a team. Big difference. Yeah. I I mean they they botched that hire. Like that was such a reach. Well, he was just fired from Texas Tech, right? Right. <laughs> and he's going to be an NFL, a good NFL <laughs> head coach. Yeah, okay. Sure. Though so, I mean Pete Carroll I guess was fired before he Product of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. <laughs> you do have to look at that factor for sure. All right. All right. Well, before we wrap, I do think we just need to at least mention our hockey team in town. Mm. They are having some major success, guys. And yeah. they have just closed out a 5-1 victory over the Minnesota Wild at home to start off a six-game home stand. Nashville Predators. It's the Predators. Yes. Oh, Nashville. Sorry. They play Minnesota on Friday. I don't know. That's why I had that in my mind because I'm watching the game on Friday. But Sorry. Thank you for correcting me. 5-1 victory over the Nashville Predators to start a six-game homestand. That was that part was correct. Fifth victory in a row. Franchise best. Fifth victory in a row. Looking to extend to six on Friday. They are now eight, four, and two. Damn. Second place in the Pacific Division. You beat Pittsburgh Penguins. You beat Calgary. Pittsburgh's not great. Calgary in their house is impressive because they they yeah. I mean they were considered a Stanley Cup contender. They you beat the Avalanche in their house earlier mm. this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. You beat the um, Sabres. That, I, these aren't some of these victories are not cheapies, you know, like they've they've beaten some pretty good squads this year. Um even the Kings are all right. They beat them earlier in the, this year too. So I mean I'm telling you, what we missed last year was just an offensive presence. And, and they like, have that now. Like Borkowski, Matty Benitez. Matty is super good. I'm excited to see uh what's his name? Dude, uh Shane Wright get more time. Yeah, he's he's been pretty consistently on that fourth line. Um and getting a little bit of power play time though too, which is is nice to see. But um Wenberg has kind of come out of nowhere this year and been really good too. He's been yeah. your first first line center iceman. Yanni Gord's playing really well this year too, like better than last year. Uh, the guys are just also this year. Like, how better. the hell does Big Rig have three goals already? Yeah, <laughs> what, what, what? A couple of them have just been like, like hope shots, and they've uh-huh. gone in. One of them was was on a on a fast break though. I don't know what you call that in in hockey, but. Like a fast break, like transition situation. <laughs> it was like the ugliest transition goal I've ever seen. But he Sounds got it in. Right. He was just like he had his big, toothy, like one tooth smile. Afterwards, yeah. it was pretty funny. 
But I mean, this this is a fun team, and I I mean I don't know how long this is gonna last, but I'll enjoy it while while we have it. We're certainly you know off to a very good start, and the boys are the boys are playing well, and hopefully they can you know fight for a playoff playoff berth this year. That would be pretty fun to have playoff hockey in in Seattle. That would be awesome. That'd, yeah. that'd be a good time. That'd be a good time. I think Seattle would very much get down for that. In, in the spring as they're, you know, starting their World Series campaign over at T-Mobile mm. Park. Mm. Which, by the way, first step to that happening starts on Thursday. Free agency opens. Oh. GM meetings we'll are going on as that. we speak. GM meetings are going on as we speak. And a lot of the deals get done then for free agency, for trades, um, so we should probably expect some signings within the, in, within the next week, I would say. And that'll be kind of a, a first step, you know, to how serious are, are, is John Stanton and company, you know, um, about, about winning in Seattle. I think they are, I think they are serious. I think they're going to be aggressive, but, um, it's just how aggressive they are. I don't think they're going to go Aaron judge aggressive, but they're going to, they're going to make some good signings. I think. You surprised about the potential Hanager rumors of not being extended? To, to no, offer. I'm. I'm not. I'm not surprised by them not uh, extending him a qualifying offer. Uh, to note on that, like they're still talking to him about trying mm-hmm. to re-sign him in in free agency. But um, no, I'm not super surprised by that, based on the you know conversations that had been had before that. Right. So we'll see what happens. I I'd love to have Hanniger back, just like, but I don't. I mean, I'm not in love with him so much that like I I think you can yeah. replace him, you know, in the lineup with someone that's maybe a little bit more durable. Yeah, I, I think when you look at when he's healthy, he's probably the second best outfielder on the last year's Seattle mm-hmm. Mariners roster, mm-hmm. right? So you know, oh yeah, work to sure. be done to improve. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. What was interesting to me about um, DePoto's comments today was he said, I need to see what the guy's name was again. Um, But it's it's a pitcher from, I think, the Japanese league that is... um, becoming eligible for uh, MLB rights. And they said, and he had said that they're going to have conversations with him, which intrigued me because that means that they're they're they that he is open to improving the rotation or improving his starting, his starting pitching, um, which I think he should be, but that was not the, the vibe that we got from him in his season ending presser. Like he basically said, the rotation's basically set for next year. We're going to look to add some offense to this team, which they should do anyway. But the fact that he's, he's saying that we're open to discussing with this player, um, you know, shows to shows to me that they're, they're looking at possibly replacing Marco Gonzalez in the rotation. So we'll see what happens there. But that'll be that'll be an offseason storyline to watch. 
Anything else you guys got? No, nothing else. Nope. The show rolls on. Big week. Big week. USMNT announces their squad tomorrow, boys. World yeah, they do. We should yes, probably do. record next week just to follow up on the Huskies. Well, as you know, game. yeah. Sure. We got the game against the Bucks in Germany, but I want to talk some, you know, Mariners will be going on, but I want to yeah. talk some USMNT. And I know that's not like a Seattle focused thing, but like. No, that'd be fun, though. It's been Seattle's goddamn a, eight years. Well, Seattle's <laughs> a big so- soccer culture, given the Sounders yeah. and everything. And yes. So I think it's not totally around. I mean, the World Cup is the biggest sporting event in the world. So And yeah. the World Cup is coming here in four right. years. So right. yeah. Honestly, I, I would be down if we get out of our group and go to the round of 16. I'd be down to do a live episode. Oh, hell yeah, team. dude. Are you serious? <laughs> God, oh, yeah. Black, Black Friday USA versus England, man. I wish there was some some fan made this mock 1776 jersey for USMNT. Oh, and so it's so it was so clean. Just they absolutely were like black sticking with it. Like to... the gold calligraphy, like we the people. Yeah. Oh my oh. gosh. Oh, that would be so <laughs> epic. That'd Just be great. Against England. Yeah, it's too bad. But no, I'm really excited for that. I, I mean us can't get can't get more exciting than usmnt in the world cup no we're back baby we're back yeah that was some bs last time but we're back (laughs) right um just to close on this so i can circle this back around and and finish my thought on depoto's comments i found the tweet so john morosi tweeted jerry depoto said he views kodai sanga as an impact pitcher in mlb um, he confirmed the Mariners have done their due diligence on him and plan to contact his representatives at the appropriate time. And so Kodai Senga is a Japanese professional uh, free agent pitcher because he's from he's he's just is coming over to be um, MLB el- eligible now um, in 2022. He's 29 years old, so kind of in the prime of his career right now, um, but could be a could be a you know, back at end of the rotation type guy if if um the Mariners are aggressive in, in pursuing him. We'll see what happens. I know that there's a few other teams, including the Blue Jays, that are interested in him too. All right. Well, USMNT, Kraken, Mariners, good football teams. It's a good time to be a Seattle sports fan right now. And I don't think that we could have predicted that <laughs> on on November eighth of this year that we'd be, you know, in this good of a position in, in all facets, you know, football and, and, and other sports. Um, so hopefully, hopefully everyone can keep it rolling and, and the good times going, you know, into the latter half of the year and, and into the new year. But uh, until that, ne- uh, sorry, thanks for listening folks. As always, we appreciate the support, subscribe and follow if you haven't already and leave us a message via the anchor link in our description until next time. Go Mariners, go Kraken, go Hawks, and go Dogs!